boys screws loose, they done stripped the bolts on them. Should have never sent them to pick up the work for them. Sprayed the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all goners. Tech cursive on the jets, he was going to Sean John them. They were sleeping on the gun. Hello and welcome to another edition of Chuddy's Corner. With Nick Pereno, I am Ben Handler, your co-hosts for the show, bringing you all the latest on the Boston Celtics. If you want to uh, subscribe, check out the show. You can find us at Shuddy's Corner on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a download, subscribe, give us a like, write us a review. We appreciate it. You can always check us out on nickpereno.com, also home for your real estate needs. And you can follow us both or uh, interact with us on Twitter. I am at King Chuddy. And Nick is at, at underscore Nick Perino. So thanks for joining us. Nick, how you doing, bud? Doing well. Um, just a little note. I think this will hopefully be the first episode where we'll be, you'll be able to watch us on video on Spotify. Straight through Spotify. Hell yeah. Um, I haven't played around with it yet, but I'm hoping that's going to be the case. So I'll look out for that. There you go. So if our beautiful voices aren't enough, you can see our beautiful faces now mm-hmm. on Spotify as well, along with on uh, Vimeo and, of course, nickbrano.com. So if you're uh, looking to watch something, not just listen, feel free to check that out as well. Um, so without further ado, last time we broadcast was about two, three weeks ago. The Celtics were seven and seven at the time. They were ninth place in the East. They were trending up. We left, I would say, some uh, cautious optimism. Now, <laughs> several weeks later and games later, the Celtics have the exact same winning percentage. The team is 13 and 13. They are 10th in what is still an extremely crowded East conference so even with that record they're only four and a half games out of first place only two games out of fourth place it's extremely congested no one really other than kind of brooklyn chicago is creating a little separation milwaukee's getting up there miami's up there washington's falling back a little bit but it's very crowded um i think there's been a lot of promise it's kind of kind of like last time we've seen some ups the highs have looked really good there's been a lot of reasons for optimism and then there have been some lows where it seems like things come crashing back down um important to note i guess that the celtics right now are on a stretch uh that i would say is about as brutal of a schedule as as you'll see for an nba team they they're on a, currently a 13 days away from home they played at Utah on Friday night, a game where they played really well. Maybe the Celtics' best offensive performance of the season, um, but the Jazz had a historically great three-point shooting night and just edged us out there. Uh, we came back and hammered Portland on the road. Then we just played a very well-rested Lakers team on the road who took care of us. And then on a back-to-back again last night, we played at the Clippers. Um, fell behind by 21 at one point charged all the way back cut it to i think they got as close as a point in the last minute um and then tatum put up a heave at the buzzer that wouldn't go another loss so they're on on this current road trip the Celts have lost three of four uh to bring the record to 500 
And it doesn't get much easier as they'll finish off this West Coast trip at Phoenix on Friday night and then at Golden State. Uh, so the just the two best teams in the NBA right now. Um, and then we'll finally head back east to take on the Knicks before things get a little bit easier. Uh, going into the season, I think anyone looked at the schedule closely and saw like, wow, December is a gauntlet. I think the hope was that the Celtics could kind of just survive this part of the schedule. Um, and I think they're kind of surviving. It would have been nice to pull out one or two more of these wins. But, um, you know, again, we, they're, they're treading water. And like I said, they're still right kind of in the middle of that crowded east. If they can come home around 500, maybe steal one of these next two would be great. Um, but there's been a lot to digest. And notably, a lot of this has been without Jalen Brown, who's still battling, obviously, some injuries that, you know, all the report, reports are positive, that there's no real reason for concern, just being cautious, this and that. But the uh, the amount of missed games are, are racking up. So, Nick, where I guess where do you want to start with uh, the last stretch of games since we last recorded? Well, so after we started 7-7, seven and seven, uh, there was – we were looking pretty good, I think. Um, so it was right after that home and home with Cat, uh, with uh, Cleveland. Or why does it say both games were at Cleveland? That's not right, is it? No. Anyways. No, that, that is right. They were both in Cleveland. They were both at Cleveland? Yeah, it was like oh. a series. <laughs> oh, weird. Anyways, so then we uh, – The schedule has not been kind to the Celtics. Right, right. So it has been a tough schedule. But also I feel like there's a lot of parity in the NBA this year. There's going to be a lot of teams right around 500, um, especially in the East. And the only way we're going to separate ourselves is by beating the, beating these bad teams. And we haven't, we still haven't been beating up on bad teams, which is kind of a problem for the last couple of years. I mean, we'll play good teams. We can play them well. Hmm. You know, if we win half of them, then we win half of them. But then we get mashed up against, you know, like – I don't know. Like, uh, who do we lose to? I mean, the Clippers last night, for one, you know, were yeah. undermanned and they're a terrible offensive team. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have to be – we can't be splitting games with the, with Cleveland. We have to – we have to win, you know. I mean, for the record, Cleveland, the Cleveland is not the old Cleveland. Cleveland's an – they're not a bad team. No. but I'm not saying we shouldn't beat them, but they're not a bad team. Those are the teams that we have to beat. Mm -hmm. Um. Because if we're we're not gonna you know we're not gonna win the majority of our games against good teams, so we're gonna have to beat these bad teams. And I think it's kind of been our problem the last couple of years, um, yeah. you know, with the inconsistencies is that we show up for the big games generally, mm -hmm. and you know, for, for lesser opponents, we kind of play down to it, or we just it seems like we're lacking focus. Um, so that's kind of the thing we've been preaching the last couple of years is consistency, and I do think the consistency has been relative though. I don't want to say significantly better, but noticeably better the last, you know, 10 games, maybe, even though, you know, we're 500, but mm. I do feel like, you know, we're not, it's not, it's really not like we have a, you know, full half of where we play like garbage and then another half where we play unbelievable. We, we do see a little bit of that here and there, but I think generally front to back, we've been playing. Okay with yeah. still some stretches of, you know, greatness and some stretches of floppiness. So I still think sure. there's room to get room to grow from a consistency standpoint. Um, but I yeah. mean, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, we are a team. I, I like our roster and I think we just gotta, we still gotta put it all together. I know we haven't had Jalen Brown right. um, and, 
you know, there's obviously a lot of new pieces, but I feel like we're start they're starting to figure out how to play together. It's just not we're not putting it all together for you know forty eight minutes, you know, yeah. every game of the year. Yeah, and I mean, I definitely agree. And not to sound like a broken record, because it seems like since we've been doing this podcast for you know a couple of years now, it's the same over and over. It's we want consistency, but nothing about the team is consistent. Like like you said, there's no no Jalen Brown. A bunch of these games there's been no Rob Williams. Um, you know, Schroeder was out for a couple of games. Richardson was out. It's it's a revolving door of injuries. It's frustrating, but at the same time, like the season is such a grind, and I think it might be hard for Celtics fans or anyone in general to hear this, but like this season really is just going to be kind of a survive through the season, figure it out as we go and hope that we're kind of rounding into form near the end of the season. I mean, that's what happens when you've got a young team, a lot of new parts, a brand new rookie head coach. And that's kind of, you know, I hate to say it, but you got to expect some growing pains. You got to expect up and downs and then throw in the fact that our best, you know, our second best player has been, out of the lineup as much as he's been in there. And yeah, it's going to be hard to find consistency. I think since that two and five start, which we talked about a lot in the last pod and then, you know, the players only meeting the Marcus smart calling everyone out. I think a lot of things have looked more consistent. Like the defense has been consistently better. The offense hasn't, but it was like, you know, even in some of those losses, we lost a game to Cleveland, I think 91, 89. It's like score a few more points, but you know, we're holding a team to 91 points. That's good. We lost to Luca on a last second shot. We got blown out by the nets. Okay. But then there's a game, you know, the Spurs where it was kind of one of those where you're talking about, we got down by, you know, 20 something came all the way back, took the lead and should have won and then blew our own lead. And I, I think I texted you is like, man, only this Celtics team could, you could experience as a fan, the feeling of getting like demolished and then also experience the feeling of ch- gagging away a win in the same game. Like that's the kind of team right. we're looking at and it's frustrating, but I mean, again, it's a lot of positives. And then, like you said, yeah, last night, the Clippers on paper, we should crush them, but we've been on the road for two weeks. It's a back to back. We don't have Jalen Brown. Like it's frustrating. And then it's even more frustrating when you get down 21 and you see the way we played in the fourth quarter and we're just stealing the ball scoring all nonstop. But again, coming up a little short, it's just like, if you don't have that, those lapses where we let up such a huge lead and we're letting guys like BJ Boston and Reggie Jackson destroy us, you know, that's a game that we should have been able to pull out. And again, when you're looking and right now, there aren't a lot of easy wins on the schedule. Those are the kind of games you have to have. So, I mean, last night that was frustrating and as well as they played at times, it's still a frustrating loss. And you look at in the first half, Romeo Langford was one of the best players on the court. I don't think he got a minute in the second half. So, that's, I mean, a, an issue of consistency where it's like, I'm not sure what you want him to do. Romeo plays, he plays great. Why is he not getting minutes in the second half? So I think that, you know, he may still has to figure out rotation, stuff like that. Again, it's hard when he has a different list of people available on any given night. But I think overall they're, they're building towards something. And I think I always knew this stretch was going to be tough. I kind of looked at how the season started. I looked at the December schedule and I remember thinking, I like how we're trending. I just hope that we can kind of survive December without just getting too demoralized and the record being too bad. And I'd say as of right now, I, I kind of still feel that way. Like we're 500. If we can come out of this month around 500, ideally a little above it, then maybe we can make a run as the schedule opens up next month. So I, I agree with you saying about like Romeo, how his, he sort of has inconsistency with his yeah. minutes. 
it was just a one-off like example yeah but i mean still it's like you know some days we won't see neesmith which i I do feel like he's been playing more lately more consistently but Mm -hmm. it's also we haven't had (laughs) Jalen. right so you know people are gonna get more minutes Mm -hmm. when he's out but um you know something i mean there's sort of been a little a trend with uh with robert williams i don't want to say he's you know been playing poorly but He's not playing – I don't think he's been playing as well as he was early in the year. He's still, you know, making highlight real donks. He's still getting blocked shots. But, I mean, you can see it's, like, reflected in his minutes even. I mean, he's only the last let's see, six games, seven – well, I guess that seventh game he got hurt. But So the last six games, yeah, the most minutes he's played is 25. And yeah. I know that's, you know, that's not bad. But, I mean, it's 22, 25, 15, 21. 24 20 so i don't know if Ime's, you know starting to lose not lose faith but i mean if if he doesn't he's seeing something clearly with rob i mean it's not like he's getting into foul trouble i mean maybe one or two games he has but he's i think he's not reverting back to like you know bad habits necessarily but um his consistency on defense it does seem like he's kind of you know early in his career he was fighting on every fake, try to go for, you know, try to block every shot, which obviously, you know, blocks are great, but you can't block every shot. And you're going to if you try and block every shot. You're probably going to give up more points than not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like, you know, he's obviously still young and he's trying to figure out how to play, you know, consistent defense. This is his first year as a yeah. you know, everyday starter. So there's going to be some, some hiccups, but you know, the last, you know, five games, I feel like he, he has been maybe slightly underperforming other than maybe like, you know, the Lakers game or well, whatever, I, was just but... I think he was great in the Lakers game. Um, I'm not super concerned about Rob. I think it's a combination of things. I think one, like you said, he's coming back from the injury. Um, so there's no reason to push it. Another thing is like, I mean, Al has played so damn well that in times where we're not playing with two bigs on the court, like a lot of times it's hard to take Al off the court in, in a tight game. Um, it's not really a knock on Rob. It's more just that Al has been so awesome. Um, Another thing is like obviously we want to stretch Rob out, but you still want to be want to be safe with it. Like it's not like we have to just suddenly be like, well, we're paying you this money now, so you're playing 35 minutes a night, and that's that. Like we don't have to run him into the ground. I think like much like Al, I mean, you have to be absolutely thrilled with the way Grant Williams has played. So he's earned real minutes. Um, and you know, your boy Ennis Freedom has somehow found his way back into the rotation, much to my chagrin, largely, but he's getting minutes too. So I think. It's, you know, our big rotation has been deeper than we probably anticipated it being. Um, And like, for the most part, the other bigs, especially Grant and Al have played really well. So there's been a lot of times where I think we don't, we probably don't need Rob to be playing 30, 32 minutes, even if he's capable, even if he feels like he can, he's healthy enough. I think it's good to, that we know that that's possible in a playoff game. And there are certain matchups in a game like the other night against the Lakers where he was just absolutely dominant. Um, So I guess... I'm not like super concerned about scaling back the minutes a little bit. And I guess for the reasons that it's been happening, it doesn't seem like there's been any ill effects of like re-aggravating injuries or that he's struggling night in and night out. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been some defensive lapses, but again, like you said, this is first time as a full-time starter. He's playing a lot with another big guy on the court and um, you know, Ime's defense is, is a lot of switching and a lot of stuff that has historically been really challenging for Rob. So I'm still happy with the development. I think there are definitely going to be some moments where he looks a little lost um, to be expected. You know, you can't expect every 
kind of bad habit or whatever to go out the window overnight. Um, but I, I think still much more positive than not on Rob. And, and I think the, the minutes thing, I think, is mostly attributable to the fact that they don't want to overwork him and that the other options have been playing pretty well. Yeah, I hope I hope you're right about that um, with the minutes. I mean, I hope like, you know, he was like you said, he was he is coming back from injury. So hopefully they're just playing it safe um, because, you know, I don't want I don't want it to be something that, you know, he may see in or not seeing from him. And that's why the minutes are coming down. Cause I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like we've been blowing teams out and we're just conserving him because yeah, right. we have big leads. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, they're just bringing him back slowly from the injury. They have seemed to be taking the long approach with, you know, all the injuries this year, especially Jalen. Um, As I they should. Like why I think not? it was, Again. he may said, uh, he said he's probably like 85%. They don't want him back plays a hundred or somebody said that. I think it was, Eme. which um, you never know. It's co- coach speak is you've got to yeah. read between the lines, but, but like, that's the right approach. There's no reason yeah. to, to burn out Jalen Brown and Rob Williams in December when the schedule is a gauntlet yeah. and we're far away from, you know, the games that hopefully will be very meaningful. I also don't think, I know we, well, we'd probably be better with Jalen, but if we had Jalen and Rob, both playing, you know, 40 minutes a game, I'm not necessarily sure we'd be, you know, that much better than a 500 team. I mean, we might, we'd probably look better. And, you know, maybe if we had Jalen these last couple of weeks, we'd be a couple of games over 500 as opposed to 500. But, yeah, you know, well, I think, I think one, one not, thing you can see like, borne out in the numbers is that the defense is like is elite, elite with Jalen there and without him, it's not. Now, for whatever reason, the offense seems like it's been better without Jalen than with him. But I think that is is probably more of, um, you know, just a weird kind of coincidence. I think the defensive thing is probably legit because when he's out, you know, that takes away a really good defensive player, a really versatile athletic player. Um, and, you know, the, whoever is replacing him in the lineup, it's been Schroeder, at least in the starting lineup, is obviously not the same. You know, Schroeder is good for what he is, but he's obviously not close to the player especially defensively that Jalen is yeah um yeah so I mean it'd be nice I, I just I'd love to see him come back get healthy and see yeah. what we can do you know in this stretch you know at least it'd be nice to see yeah. what we are at full strength prior to the trade the one right and to see it I don't have long term <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't have bit. hopes of like a championship this year I'd love to make a nice deep playoff run but mm-hmm. you know being realistic I'd like to see what this team can look like healthy. Yeah. And then maybe the, at the trade deadline, we can do like a, you know, we can either, I'm not saying like a fire sale, but we could, if we're not looking good, maybe sell off a couple things here and there, get mm-hmm. some assets. Or if we're looking good, we make a move like we did last year with Evan Fournier, and, you know, send a couple second round picks for some guy that can maybe, you know, help us win around or something. Sure. Just, you know. Yeah. Give us a give us a little better shot to go deeper in the playoffs. Just you know, just I want to see what it's like before we get to that point. I don't want us to be like, you right. know, not be healthy and then get to the you know, get to the trade deadline or like we have no idea what team we are. Like, are we buying? <laughs> are we selling? I just yeah. want some. I just want some clarity. Definitely. I mean, that's. It feels like it's been the case. It's hard to remember a time when the Celtics were just consistently healthy for like any right. stretch of time, and we actually. Right had our full roster or even close to it for multiple games in a row. So, but I, but I agree, like the approach that we talked about is, is the right one. And I don't, 
what was the last game Jalen played in? Was it the, the Philly game I, or the Raptors game? I forget which one it was, but it, whatever the last game was, it was probably five, six, seven games ago. He didn't look like himself. I think he scored like eight points. He was noticeably limping. He looked like he was, you know, grimacing. Like, if that's the Jalen Brown you're going to get, then why the hell is he out there? Like, I think we both agree, get this man to 100% before he's back on the court. There is zero reason for him to be out there looking like that. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. His last game, last game was, yeah, against Philly. Yeah. He played he, 33 yeah, minutes. Which, yeah, it was a nice win, and he didn't play poorly, but he just wasn't himself on offense. Like, And, again, you could just see him. Like, he was limping around. And this is a yeah. guy who – when he's right, uh, he's probably one of the best athletes, one of the best conditioned guys in the league, one of the strongest, like fastest combos. Um, mm-hmm. And it, he just didn't look anything like that. So again, you know, this isn't game seven of the finals. Why are we gutting out games in December when we've got a lot ahead of us? Um, so yeah, I mean, get that man healthy. And, but otherwise I think the guys who have had to kind of step in, have shown promise like I've fully come around on Richardson he's a really good player I think he's a perfect kind of bench wing who can come in for either one of the Jays steal some minutes he's been very good on defense and he's been really surprisingly good on offense too not only hitting some outside shots but showing some some ball handling skills some playmaking skills has an ability to get into the lane um you know I was a little perplexed when we extended Richardson but right now that's looking like a plus contract at worst and um you know I think a real a guy who really fits and I think obviously Emei's worked with him before and he really likes him and that's been a been a major positive for us um you know we already discussed Grant Williams has become a reliable part of the team like I don't think there's any question like there was last year of like okay, is Grant someone we're just dumping? What's the deal? Like, I think he's a legit rotational guy. He's our third big, and he's been better than you could expect in that role. Um, I mean, again, the minutes with Romeo have been kind of disappointingly inconsistent, but I've loved what I've seen when he's on the court, even the other, like last night in the first half, he was one of the best players on the court for us. So as much as we're like missing things, I think there's been a lot of positive stuff. Um, The Schroeder coaster, as it's been called is uh, has been interesting. I think for the way that it worked out and the way that we ended up with Schroeder on the team for that contract and the role he's filling is still like a home run signing. But I think people are getting a little like kind of overexcited about seeing some of those high scoring nights where it's like, this is the Schroeder experience. He, you know, he'll thrill you on one play and he'll make an awful play on the next. He's still, is way too turnover prone. He's extremely careless with the ball. His uh, shooting outside is not good. Um, his defense is, he's, you know, a pest on defense, but he's, he's liable to a lot of kind of boneheaded plays and mistakes still. So again, I mean, it's about what you'd expect, um, but I just don't, I don't people thinking like, Oh my God, Schroeder's so good. He's, he has to be like a part of the, the future is like, no, I think just appreciate the fact that we got him and that he's giving us, great minutes and he's filling a a key role of pressuring the rim, which we really didn't have. Um, And again, I think when the team is whole and he's kind of slotted back into that natural sixth man role, it'll be perfect. But um, you know, I think you're seeing that when he's starting and is kind of your like second guy on offense, that's probably not a recipe for any meaningful success. I think speaking of Schroeder, I think he should be slotted back in six man role right now. Um, yeah, and I, I'm not as I haven't been as critical of Schroeder as a lot of people have, because 
I think he's basically, you know, what what I expected him to be. Yeah, he's, I don't you know, mean he's, to, that. I didn't mean that as critical. I no. more just was, you know, kind of being rational. I guess. I mean, some people <laughs> I feel like are either overrating or underrating him. When in reality, yeah. he's somewhere in the middle because he's, you know, yeah. if he was, you know, as good as he was on the nights where he looks great, mm-hmm. then he would have gotten, you know, twenty five, right. thirty million. Right. Which is what he thinks he's worth. If he is what he was on <laughs> uh, bad night. I don't think, not for one year. I don't think anyone thinks he's worth that anymore. Well, no, but, not yeah. anymore. But, you know, last year, if, or either way. Yeah. He's, no, I know. He's the reason he is who he is. And that's why we were able to get him because he thinks he's, mm-hmm. you know, better than he is. But he's a good, a really good six man. He's a guy that can come off the bench. He can be a spark plug. You know, some nights he can go off. Right. And, I think he's he's probably a better like true point guard than he looks or that he's played a lot of nights. Um, I do think he's he is sometimes I think looking for his own shot. Usually, um, which is fine. We don't we don't have that many guys like that. No, and I don't I don't dislike that. I think that's what we need. It is um, off the yeah. bench. Um, so I still I think we could get more offensive consistency because you know strangely enough our defense finally seems reasonably consistent and our yeah. offense seems to be the, the part that's you know goes in slumps um, and i think slotting schroeder back into the six-man role uh makes more sense because you know that's what he's going to be the rest of the year hopefully when jay lincoln's back and mm-hmm. then i'm thinking um you know josh richardson sliding into the starting role right now i think makes more sense i mean the even wing yeah even romeo one of the one of the wings uh, yeah i'm with you um, i'm with you get that scoring that can, get yeah, that yeah. rim pressure on the bench and there's been games where the offense looks completely stagnant and schroeder comes in and he just creates offense and that's yeah. what he does and that's what you need he's a, you know a microwave scorer he really is kind of like the ideal six man which is yeah. what he's been his whole career and what we signed him to be mm-hmm. so again this isn't none of this is like a knock on schroeder it's more no. just that we've been missing our number two guy on offense and we're not a deep offensive team so he's been asked to do more and he's done it like that you know there's no other way to put it now yeah. i think you know let me know what you think on this but i think a lot of people have kind of mentioned that like they basically for the Celtics don't look like they're a real contender. They have to get something for Schroeder because, you know, they're not going to be able to bring him back or whatever, where I kind of say like, first of all, what are you really going to get for Schroeder? Um, I, I mean, and what like would even be worth taking for Schroeder? That's the other thing. We're like, we got him for basically nothing. I'd almost just rather just keep him on the team and just see how good this team is. Even if we're not going to win a title, if he can help us win a playoff round, like, I'm okay with that unless we're getting, you know, some, if someone wants to give us like two first round picks or something, fine. I don't see it happening. I'm like pretty content with just keeping him riding this out, hoping that the team can get healthy and seeing what we've got. And like, if we lose him for nothing, so what we got him for nothing. It's kind of is what it is. And then the other thing is people acting like, Oh, like, you know, we have no chance to bring him back, but like what exactly is going to be different next off season than this past off season? Like, 
look around the league. Almost every team is happy with their point guard situation. It's probably the deepest position in the NBA. The good teams all basically have an elite point guard and the bad teams at least have like a young project point guard. Like they really have no reason to bring in Schroeder. Like, you know what I mean? A losing team isn't going to bring in a guy like Schroeder to take away minutes from young kids and all the winning teams already have a better version of Schroeder. So it's kind of what happened this last offseason where we got him. Like, I don't think it was that people had soured on him and thought he wasn't good anymore. There just isn't much of a market for like a good veteran backup point guard, which is what he is. And that's the reason we got him. And I think his fit here is really good. So yeah, I mean, we're not going to be able to give him a $20 million a year contract. I'm just not sure like that contract is going to be there next year suddenly when it wasn't obviously all this off season. So yeah, in theory, like it's going to be hard to attain it, maintain him, but like, it was hard. It was a long shot that we would got him this year, and we did. If things go well and he likes it here, maybe he'll be willing to stay. We can work something out for a little more money, a few more years, whatever. You know, we'll see. That's a long way away. But I, I just don't at all buy into the idea of, like, well, we're going to lose him for nothing, so we have to trade him. Yeah, and I think, I think we've seen in the last few years that we haven't really lost anyone for nothing. I mean, when it, you know, with these side and trades. Nothing, nothing. I mean, right. obviously some people have lost, but, like, you know, someone in Schroeder's position, like you said, they're not, it's not going to go to, he's not going to go to a young team. Probably that's going to overpay him unless, you know, they find that they need some sort of veteran point guard or whatever, but um, doesn't really seem to be out there. Right. But also um, like if that's, even if that is the case, that's not, team's not going to give him a giant contract. That's going to be a similar situation to the Celtics where they're probably right. like, we have no money, but we have a role. So is he, yeah. maybe he'll opt for the same deal but a better a better team, like maybe, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, if the deal he was offered last year, I think he's worth that. And if you think he's worth what, what whatever it was, four times. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I uh, think that's is he? Though? I think that's probably what he's worth. I mean, I just don't think it is. <laughs> I mean, what, a bench, who is he like, worth that to, though? I guess is the and, point. Because well, if he's I mean, your starting point guard, you're not. You're like probably not a contender. No, but I mean right? an elite and who's paying a backup that much? An elite six man is, you know, it's almost as important as a you know, it's like I'm your six starter. I feel I'm like not it saying is. it's unimportant. I just don't that just look at the the way the cap works and the way teams like manage their finances. I don't think you can afford to pay a six man twenty million dollars a year. Um, yeah. or your team's probably gonna have some some issues with the way it's built. I, don't know. It, it, I mean, again, I'm about, you know, it only takes one team, obviously, but yeah. I guess my point is like this assumption that, oh, he's having a good year. So there's going to be some mega deal out there for him next year in free agency. Like this last year was just a fluke. I think it's more, that's kind of the NBA landscape. There's again, there's like 35 really, really good point guards. And there's probably another 15 or 20 that are young and teams hope will become really, really good. Like, it's just kind of hard to, to, to see the fit for him. Like I think play like role wise, the fit right now he has on the Celtics is probably about as good as there is for him. Um, you know, obviously we don't, didn't have a lot of money to give to him, but in terms of like role, it can't really get much better for him than now. Right. Yeah. If it, if the rest of the year plays out, even if we end up being 500 and we, you know, we have our ups and downs. I mean, it's still the way he's played so far, I think shows that, you know, this is the right role for him mm-hmm. um, on our team, especially if he ends up coming off the bench as the six man. I think this is, yeah. you know, the best position 
for him to be in. I'm not saying with the Celtics is the best position, but like this sort of role. So, you know, if he ends up liking here, if, you know, we play hard the rest of the year and the team, you know, looks like they're trending in the right direction, maybe he wants to stay and maybe, you know, mm-hmm. 15 million. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, 15 to 20, I think it's reasonable. I mean, what did, uh, what did, um, it's a lot of money. Fournier just got what? Same, same thing, same contract. Yeah. Right? And that contract already looks terrible. Yeah, but I mean that's, <laughs> that's still the Knicks. <laughs> I think that's the caliber uh, of player. I'd put him in that class. Yeah, but I, think, I mean I'd probably I, I would rather have, I agree than, with what you're saying, but I still think like wings just make more. Whether it's right, right or wrong, like wings are just valued more. Guys right. who can guys who can three and D wings, which you know, it's debatable if that's even what Fournier is. But I think you just look, everyone needs wings. He was yeah. one of, if not the best wing on the market, he got overpaid. Um, you know, it's been a quarter of a season and I think it's already apparent that that was a terrible contract. Schroeder so, does feel like the perfect Nick right now, though. The perfect <laughs> opportunity for the Nick to come yeah. in, give, get another yeah. B, B, B plus player, yeah. pay him $20 and I mean, million dollars yeah. a year. Tibbs I'm off the bench. <laughs> yeah, re- replace the, uh, have him fill the Kemba Walker rule. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I don't know. Yeah, seriously, poor Kemba. But um, I don't know. I mean, I I guess I get it, and we'll see. Who knows? The offseason is far away. No idea how it's going to play out. I'm more just saying I definitely don't think there's, like, this feeling of urgency that they have to trade him. I don't don't see it that way at all. To answer your question about And, again, even if we lose him in the end of the year, but he's a solid contributor the way he has been for this season, to me that's fine, and we've got our money's worth and then some. Yeah, and it wouldn't like be some like sunken about, cost about what he's worth. Or, you know, what what it would be worth to trade him? Mm-hmm. Um, and you said obviously two firsts. Like you can't say no to that. Yeah. Um, but if it's like, you know, a back end playoff team, and you're gonna be like, you know, right outside, you're thinking that projects towards like the you yeah. know just outside the lottery. Right. And it's just one first. Then maybe, or if it's like maybe. But like, yeah, if it's a pick in the early twenties, right? Like, would you, are be, you doing that? Like, maybe, but that's I don't if, know. That's if, like, <laughs> you know, he doesn't look good, or it doesn't look like it's working out. The team's yeah. not going anywhere. But at the same time, is it really worth it to, you know, make it look like we're selling mm-hmm. at the deadline for a, you know, a pick in the twenties when we could hold on to him, try and make a run, you know even just a playoff push, even if we're like fighting to get into the playoffs. Exactly. I'd rather let let the team know that we're, you know, we still want to win games. Exactly. I'd rather go into the playoffs with as like a six or seven seed with Schroeder playing an important role and, you know, see what happens. Then just, you know, dump him for like the 22nd pick in the draft next year, which we have, you know, we've got enough kids and draft picks and I don't want any more draft picks, but just from a doubt, unless we're trying to just fill the cupboards for a big trade, if that's the route that we decided we go and we're just loading up because we got, you know, a Beal trade on the horizon or whatever, like, then that's one thing. But if it's just a a feeling of like, oh no, we can't lose Schroeder for nothing. Then like, I'm, I'm out on that idea, I guess. But, uh, I think honestly having him in the off season as an option for a sign and trade, I think yeah. might be more, more valuable than, you know, a pick I in the 20s. Yeah. Um, and I think that he's, I think this team is kind of like the right identity for him. We're like a scrappy team. Um, you know, not a lot of like 
you know, we have got like stars, obviously, but it's mm. not, uh, you know, we've kind of become what we wanted and what Ime is all about, like a team of dirt dogs. We've got like guys like him and Marcus and Richardson. And then, you know, Al's older, but another guy like it's kind of a scrappier team and he, he fits well with that. So I think, you know, they'll they'll work with Schroeder if he wants to leave and is like trade me to a contender, then we probably will. But if he's happy. I think it's it's been a great arrangement for both sides, and I'm, I'm willing to kind of ride it out. Yeah, so we'll see how it plays out, you know, yeah. before the trade deadline, obviously, and we'll reconvene. But uh, <laughs> I think you know, as it stands right now, I think I, I probably agree that we're we're better off holding on to him, see what we yeah. can do in the off season with him. I think he's at least as far as we know is you know good for the locker room. He's probably a good a good vet for some of these guys to have around and you know he's mm-hmm. not i'm not saying he's our leader but he's he seems involved and yeah. for me you know a lot i i don't want to take too much away from it but our last win the other night in portland which was just a beautiful performance all around and mm-hmm. i mean that portland team was obviously missing most of their good players and they're struggling a lot and what have you but to see the Celts not only kind of put it all together with like a historically great offensive performance but the fun they were having at the end of that game. Right. And I mean, I know that's, you know, the homecoming for Peyton Pritchard and the, they just put him out there and he was launching from the logo left great. and right. But I mean, the bench was going crazy. And mm-hmm. it's like anyone who questions if the Celtics care, if they get along, like locker room issues, chemistry issues, just go and watch the clips from the fourth quarter in that Portland game. And yeah. tell me that's a group of guys that don't like each other. And sure, oh, you know, he was right there in the mix as much as any of them. So like, if he's having and fun, I, if this team, you know, they're trying to build something and I think we're moving in the right direction. And I think Schroeder's a part of it. And I think that's what we've, that's what most people want to see is that sort of, you know, camaraderie and uh, everyone, you know, playing for yes. each other, which has, you know, we haven't really had people playing for each other. I feel like, or hasn't seemed mm-hmm. like it in a while um, where, you know, everybody's rooting for each other. And obviously that's what was going on the other night. And it'd be nice to see that a little bit more, you know, even when we're playing well, you know, let's just, just everyone get excited. Let's have some fun. And uh, it was nice to see. And I, I hope we see, do see more of that, but, you know, hopefully it's not just in blowouts, but, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I think, uh, no, I, I, it's I, easy to have fun when you're, you know, beating a team by 40. So right, exactly. that helps. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I mean, moving through some other guys, like we already kind of talked about Josh. I think we're both thrilled with what Richardson's done. Yep. Um, I mean, Al, we talked about a lot on the last pod. It's been more of the same. Like, I don't think there's much to say about Al. He's just been amazing. Yeah, um, awesome. Marcus, too. I mean, since, you know, that kind of slow start to the year when we were two and five or whatever, the lights flipped. He's been as good as ever on defense and really good on offense. I mean, the his assist I love his numbers shot selection this year. Yeah, like I think everything you would want from Marcus being the starting point guard is what we've gotten. Like he's yeah. as consistent as can be. There's not really not too much to say. He's he's the Marcus that everyone loves and trusts. Um, when he gets so into then, the paint, he oh yeah, I, I feel like it's going in ninety percent of the time. Or he's getting. And I mean, or he's getting fouled. And some of these shots, it's like they're it's unconventional the way he puts up some of these shots but it's like yeah i don't know it's that's right. they just go in and i it's mean bully ball. yeah he handle he hits at a high percentage mm-hmm. um and yeah. you know he's not as sporadic from behind the three as he's been in the past but i think mm-hmm. it's just because his role is maybe a little bit different now um, yeah but i mean he asked for more playmaking that's kind of when he called the team out he said like 
you know, this ISO ball, everyone looking out for themselves, whatever. Let me make the point, the point guard, let me make plays. And since then he's absolutely done that. I mean, I don't yeah. have the, I know he broke the streak, but he had, he had more than five assists in like every game since then, I think, except for one, yeah. um, you know, like, and, and it's been more than just that it's, you know, the passing, he's getting good guys involved in the right spots, his connection with Rob on the alley-oops when he's in there is really fun to watch. And then, like you said, his finishing, especially in the paint and around the rim, it doesn't always look pretty or conventional, but like, you're right. It, it's going in. You're, you're oddly confident. He goes up for like a weird looking finger roll from the foul line and right. you just think it's going in. And it does like, he's got very weirdly like good touch around the mm-hmm. basket. Um, like I said, it doesn't always look so pretty, but it's effective. So, I mean, again, not too much to say about like all of the quote unquote role players, I think have been what you've expected or better. Um, so let's talk about Tatum because we've talked about him for a while. Last time we were very concerned. He was mired in really the worst slump of his career. We were kind of wondering what's going on since then. I'd say he's turned it around. He's had a couple clunkers, but he's been for the most part back to pretty much usual Tatum, like mostly scoring at 30 or above 30. The rebound numbers have still been super high. He's putting up, a, you know, a more double doubles, I think already than he had all of last season. Like the rebounding looks legit. And it, like we said, last pod, it's real rebounding. Like he's getting in there and mixing it up and getting big rebounds and traffic that we need. Um, and then the, the passing and the playmaking, like it's a work in progress. And there were nights like last night where he made a lot of bad passes. He's turning the ball over a lot, but, like, I think he's doing all the right things. He's playing the way we want him to play. And now the shots are falling a lot more. Um, I'm feeling pretty good again about Jason Tatum. I don't know if I'd say like he's all the way back. And honestly, the start to the season was such a bad slump that even if he plays really well, the whole rest of the season, those end of the year shooting splits and like numbers might look like a down year for him. But overall, I'd say like, he's pretty much all the way back and is now, I would say progressing in like the playmaking department and other places in the way that we would want to see. I think, yeah, he's, you know, he's definitely come a long way since the beginning of the year. I mean, that slump was like concerning. Um, And I I mean, I think most people thought he was going to break out of it to some extent. And it's been more of like a casual, uh, gradual uh, progression then, you know, all of a sudden he had this game where he exploded and then now he's going nuclear. But he has had, like, the way he's been playing. And even on games where he's not, like, like whoa, he had an uh, like unbelievable offensive game, he's still contributing one way or another. I mean, that Toronto that Toronto win, um, what do you have? He only had eight points, mm-hmm. but he had 10 assists, still had seven rebounds, and it's like, it's not like he was turning the ball over a ton. I mean, he had four turnovers, but it's like. And what were know, his he, minutes? I mean, that was a comfortable win. It wasn't like we didn't really need his scoring. And he he, play a ton he of actually played played 37 minutes that game. Oh, wow. All right. So he got yeah. minutes, but like <laughs> he took 16 shots, which is definitely right. below his average. But, you know, he was two for yeah. 16, one for right. five from three. And it just became clear that like, you know, he didn't have the touch. He didn't have, so, right. He had an off night, but, it, but you walked away from the game saying Tatum played well. And, I, you know, it's, I'm, I'm happy to see that where he's contributing. It seems like he's contributing in multiple areas of the game more consistently as opposed to, like, you know, one night he goes off, scores 40 points, but, mm-hmm. you know, 
he holds on to the ball, the ball doesn't move and maybe, you know, the rest of the team doesn't look that good offensively. He's still, it seems like even in those, on those games where he's, you know, scoring 30 something, he's still yeah. trying to get the ever people involved. Um, yeah. He's like, his rebounding is unbelievably consistent. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's not like, I don't know what he's averaging, but it's not like he's averaging, like he's getting like eight a game. It's like, he's getting like, it feels like every game he gets 10. And then <laughs> he is getting eight a game, but it, yeah. But I mean, it's not like, yeah, you know, well, let's see. I got over here. He's got he has eight games where he has ten to fourteen rebounds, mm-hmm. two where he has fifteen or more, mm-hmm. and then five uh, five to nine. He's done fourteen times. So I mean, the majority of the time he's in that five to nine range. But I mean, you know, he's getting a lot of double digit rebounding games, and the, like For we sure. said, they're not hollow. They're not hollow rebound. He's no. going. He's going down there. He's getting these strong rebounds he's fighting for it and um you know that's you know that's an underrated aspect of the game and people people always get excited about you know rebounding numbers like right you know andre drummond averaging 15 (laughs) rebounds a game it's like well yeah i was just gonna say he's not this isn't andre drummond or russell westbrook like stat batting he's going in there and doing it and i think he's been he's gotten smarter about kind of what the team needs from him to win. Cause I think there were nights where, you know, Rob was out and Tatum's basically playing the four all night. And it's like, all right, you got to get in there and mix it up and get tough rebounds for us. And then there's been other nights like this road trip, um, you know, the four games without Jalen and Tatum's put up 37, 31, 34, 29 last night. Like, okay, Jalen's not here. I need to score. He's done it. Rob's not here. I need to rebound more. He's done it. And you know, that's what you want from your leader and from your superstar. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm 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 encouraged from what I've seen lately. I mean, I think, you know, I'm still I don't think hopefully this isn't his ceiling. You know, he's still progressing and yeah, this is right. sort of like the next step in his progression. Right. But, but I, think I think we're think back people, on track of like where the progression yeah. should be. Yeah. And I mean, he's still He'll probably be an all still 19. Yeah, he's only 19. <laughs> yeah, no, he'll, of course. I mean, he'll definitely be an all star, but right. I mean, for what, so, I mean, what like, it matters, people, I don't know if he'll be all NBA at this rate, but we'll no. see. But I mean, all that's what people, people are freaking out, or they were freaking out anyway, saying, you yeah. know, how awful he's playing. But it's like, you know, he's yeah. still putting up all star numbers. And I mean, he's gonna, he's still gonna be considered one of the better players in the league, and you know, with a down year, but mm-hmm. he's playing now. I'm more encouraged. And, um, I'm happy to happy to see you know his his development even if it's slight definitely definitely and i'm encouraged and excited to keep watching it like that's what this season should really be all about and um you know hopefully it'll continue to be that way and i'm excited to keep watching it now do you have any concern that it seems like he's been for whatever reason like much more effective on offense with jalen out or do you think that's kind of was just a coincidence that tied largely into just how poorly he was shooting um yeah i mean obviously his shooting slump was when they had the most games play together right and obviously it was early in the year and i think there's been a big learning curve for this offense and i still think we haven't really figured it out um, definitely and you know jalen's supposed to be a big part of our offense obviously of course. um so i don't know if, I, I i guess i guess you could say coincidence i don't know if a coincidence yeah. but it's um, i'm not worried about it i just no, the stats no, you know the stats make it seem like he's a different player without jalen i think it's again more just that that when jalen was playing he wasn't making shots now he is i don't yeah. think it's uh jalen's gone so he's playing great thing 
No, I think they'll they'll figure it out. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, I think Jalen's a better fit as our fifth starter than Schroeder is. Of course. So I think we're gonna, you know, once he's back and you know they have yeah. a few games under the belt, I'd they're gonna to figure get, it out. I'd love to get cruising. You know, hopefully Jalen's yeah. close, which they say he is. I'm not concerned yet. I mean, if he misses a bunch more games, I'll start to get concerned, but. Mm. I mean, again, the Celtics, their upcoming schedule is, uh, let's just say it's Disturbing. not, it's not kind as they no. got Phoenix. I was a little, it's Phoenix, then Milwaukee, then Golden State. So those next three are, uh, you know, no, <laughs> could easily I mean, be three losses, even if we play well. Um, it's not like it that much easier. I mean, then after that, it's the Knicks who, you know, are right. world beaters, but well, they're, the, playing well, they're a good team. And then, then that's probably the easiest game of the month. Yeah, and then Philly, who I know, you know, not having the best year, but I mean, it's they're a solid fourteen and eleven. Yeah, no, with Embiid, probably underrated this year. And most of those losses they have are without Embiid. Right. So, I think they're they're a better team than a lot of people think this year, just because they're, you know, they were five hundred for a lot of time. Embiid was hurt, and people are like, "Oh, well, they don't Ben Simmons, so they suck." But it's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, they had a decent roster. They have yeah, the problems, so, but I, I think they're a better team than, the, than their record says. Yeah, and I mean, again, so the rest of the month, go again, we're 13 and 13. This is just the rest of December. It goes at Phoenix, home Milwaukee, home Golden State, home Knicks, home Philly, home Cleveland, at Milwaukee on Christmas, at Minnesota, and then we play the Clippers, and then we play the Suns at home. Like, <laughs> that's a brutal, brutal stretch of games. I mean, at least we're home for a chunk of those coming up, but, like yeah. – Again, let's just make it out of December with a record that's 500. I'll be happy. And then let's get everyone healthy. And then in January, the schedule gets a lot easier. A lot of winnable games. We really don't play any tough teams. I mean, you know, tough is is a funny word. But, like, in January, the schedule is a lot easier. Let's get healthy. Let's get in a rhythm. Let's see if we can put, like, a month or two together with everyone playing well. And then, like you said, see – where we're really at as we come up to the, you know, that all-star break and trade deadline in February would be yeah, and that, the goal that, I would think going forward. That Golden State Knicks game is a back-to-back. So it's like, you know, right. we're playing Golden State and then we're right back at it against the Knicks next, you know, the next night. I don't know if the Knicks is back back either. I mean, I guess it could be, but still, I'm sure we're going to be, yeah, we're going to exert ourselves against Golden State and then we still have to play a decent team in the next next game. So I think that yeah. makes that Knicks game even more important. Yeah, the schedule makers have done us no favors, but again, it all evens out. So if we can make it through this month somewhat intact and not feeling, you know, the point was like, we can't just slip completely crater, come out of this Mm -hmm. month, like seven games under 500 and just everyone be feeling hopeless. Let's try to stay around where we are, steal a few of these games against good teams, win the ones we have to, and then again, try to get, get healthy and make a run in January and then kind of see where we're at. Yeah. And it's weird looking at the schedule and seeing like, you know, seeing the Bulls and not being, and you know, not in the Knicks and being like, oh, those are pencil those in as wins. Like they're, <laughs> they're real teams now. No, I mean, I mean the, the Hornets are... aren't, aren't bad. Wizards, another one. It's like, you have all these yeah. teams that have been a joke for years. And now it's like, they're actually a solid. They're team. solid. No, I mean, they're not pushovers, but I think when, again, if we're healthy and, and get clicking and like, playing the way we should be i think we should be better still than yeah. all those teams at our best we're i think we're better than those teams but yeah let's see us go on a run let's we'll see nice. if we can get to that Once if we can get our best 
once the calendar flips, let's just, like I said, make it through this December gauntlet, try to put that behind us and then kind of see what we can go from there. Um, Last thing. If we can end the year 500, I'd be, I'd be happy about that. I think the calendar year yes and the calendar year <laughs> correct yeah no i mean it's it sounds like a, almost like a loser mentality but being realistic yeah. it's hard to say otherwise especially right. you know with Jalen's status very much in question mm-hmm. hard to argue um we're not going to be favored in a lot of those games so is what it is um nothing else really major to touch on on the roster like i said i think everything we've is pretty much been what it, we said it was last time um Good play, good play from all the role players. I don't have much to say about Ennis Freedom other than he's just really annoying. Um, <laughs> I've been happy. I've actually been happy with him this year overall. I mean, not, yeah. I don't know about his personal life, but I think he's been playing all right. And, I mean, as our fourth big, I think I don't really know what else you could want out of a fourth big. Um, yeah, I've mostly been just annoyed with the off-the-court nonsense. I mean, if it's not oh, yeah. a distraction, fine, but, like, the comment making it sound like he basically, like, bullied Ime into playing him after saying that, you know, after he made those quotes, he's has, has played in every game. Like, yeah. all right, man, like, just shut the hell up. <laughs> Everyone seems to like him, so. I, yeah, well, I that's what I'm saying. If it's not a distraction and the guys in the locker yeah. room like him, like, fine. But if this becomes a sideshow for the 12th man who's, like, maybe the worst defender in the league, just, like, <laughs> It's kind of defensive, so that like right. I, you know. but I have no problem with him playing five to the ten way, minutes yeah. a game, and exactly. you know he, his he role on the and, court is fine. Yeah, well, he can rebound and he can get you a couple of easy buckets if you know, yeah, if your offense is stagnant. So I'm For happy sure. with that. Okay. Um. Yeah. No, I'm with you. So <laughs> to the last thing, um, unless you got anything else like major to touch on is uh, reports coming out that basically the Pacers are willing and ready to blow it up. Um, I said, did I say the Pacers? Yeah, you did. Oh yeah. The Pacers, uh, the Blazers perhaps as well, maybe not to the same extent, but it seems like they're kind of on the hunt for trades. You know, there's some other names floating around anything like that really piques your interest as like, Ooh, that's a good potential trade partner for the Celts. There's something here um, or just like kind of meh. Um, not with Portland. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't really know. I think, I feel like at this point, assuming Dame comes back healthy, they're still going to be trying to add to make their team a little bit better. I I definitely don't think they're at the point of trading Dame, especially after firing Neil Olshi, the GM. I think now that means like the obvious move is to trade anyone but Dame and see if you can somehow. I mean, that being said, I don't think we have anything that can make their team better that would make it worth it for us to take in return. I mean, like, they don't have, like, and I know it's like come out that he said he's loved to play with like a defensive minded wing or someone like Jalen. Yeah. But I mean, of what, like, <laughs> we can't, like, there's nothing we could give Jalen right. for that would right. be equal value in return with, if it's not no, Damian Wood. Not even, so not even close. I don't see anything there. I mean, I don't know. I like Covington and they have some nice pieces, but it's like, right. They're not, they're not yeah. going to just sell off these pieces. Right. If they decide to blow it up, picks. if things get so bad that they're just blowing it up, then yeah, I would yeah. take some of their role players for, you know, right. very little, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I really, at this point, not really interested in McCollum. Um, like, I don't know if he'd be a huge upgrade over any of the guys we have and his contract is, is not looking great. And now he's got what a collapsed lung. So like, I'm not even sure if he really is tradable. Right. Um, 
Yeah, and then even Dame, Dame is now saying he was demanding like a two-year extension where he's going to be 36, making $55 million a year. Like, I, I, I'm worried that in a couple of years, we're going to be looking at him like the way we're looking at guys like John Wall right now. It's like, how could right. he have agreed to this awful contract? I think he's already starting to show some signs of regression. Even when he was healthy this year, he wasn't playing very well. And like, you know, that's just a lot to pay for a guy who – as good as he is, I'm not sure he's like that guy. I'm not sure he's yeah. the number one guy on a championship team. He's not, I think he kind of fancies himself as like Steph Curry. If he could get that kind of supporting cast, he's just not like Steph Curry. Yeah. They're similar styles, but Steph is one of one. Dame is really good, but he's not on that level. So, yeah. And I, I don't love, know. Like, <sighs> I think everyone loves Damian Lowe too. I mean, it's yeah. hard not to like the guy. So, but, it is, you're but, right. It's like he's un- he's an unbelievable talent and he's really good, obviously. But, you know, he's like he's never really carried his team to like super, have like a super impressive season. I mean, he's had good years. They've had like decent years. But on average, what are they like? They're probably like a what, 500 team at best with during his yeah, career. Maybe a little better than that, but they're, you know, not have they ever been a real contender? Like even when they made no. the West finals, which was a great year. And like yeah. Portland fans should feel great when they look back on the Dame Lillard era, because you know, rings aren't everything. They've had an awesome run and they made the West conference finals at least once, maybe twice. And obviously they didn't make it past that, but like they've had a great run and Dame has been amazing, but I, I, you know, it, it's peaked. I don't think, yeah. I think Dame has peaked. I'm not saying he's going to fall off a cliff, but like, I think we've seen the best version of Damian Lillard. And he's just making more and more money every year. Yeah. And like, you know, if you're paying fifty-five million for one guy, it's gotta be Kevin Durant or you know, LeBron or Steph, someone like that, where that person can, you know, single handedly make you a good team, like right off the bat. And then you surround him with pieces to, you know, hopefully be a great team. But it just uh, I don't think Dame's ever proven that, you know, he on his own can make you a above average team yeah and i mean again i think sadly at this point it'll probably be a few years down the road where dame's willing to take less money in a lesser role where he can be like an awesome number two on a team that can Mm -hmm. contend but i think the days of thinking you're going to build a championship team around dame probably over right okay um what about the pacers who seem more likely to be actually willing to listen to like any and all offers anything there um i mean i like I like some of these players individually. And keep um, in mind that due to Malcolm Brogdon's contract extension, he's not eligible yeah. to be traded this year. So, Oh, it's this year? And, well, before the trade deadline. So this in this oh. season, he cannot be traded. So really? I, anyone I who's was, thinking Brogdon would be the guy to go target, can't. Can't do it. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was like, you know, I, I thought we, at some point before the trade deadline, he would become available. But that's unfortunate. Because he is the guy that, on that team that I'd want. Um, yeah. I think it's a guy on the Pacers that, you know, we've all wanted for a while, but um, I mean, I, I like, I like Sabonis, but he has limitations and I mean, I don't know what we're going to give up that would make us a better team with him, I guess, mm-hmm. realistically, especially, especially this year. I think like we talked about the other day, Al, Al is pretty much playing better than he is this year. So yeah. Like even if Al is, he's a way better ball. defensive player, and yeah. we'd probably that'd probably be a downgrade. Um, yeah, I've I liked... mean, I like Sabonis, but what we've got 
our two guys on offense. Like, yeah. Sabonis is going to come here and be a third option and then like a minus defender and make all that right. money. What's the point? And what right. are they, you know, they're going to want what Jalen Brown, like that's, you know, you hang up and laugh. So yeah. a lot of it, you know, um, like you said, there's some parts I like, but if you look at the contracts and the assets, like I just don't, it, a lot of it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. For the Turner's Celtics. not, Turner's not really a fit <laughs> on our team. I mean, like again, it's the same deal. Like we've got Rob Williams. I don't yeah. think we need a miles Turner. No. Um, and I've, I've always been a big Levert guy and we, I know me and you talked about this, I think it was yesterday. Um, there's probably not enough room for him and Schroeder on the same team. Um, I think it's kind of, you know, I feel like they kind of, it's kind of an overlap. Um, yeah. Levert, you know, it was like an ISO score and you know, Schroeder's not yeah. just an But is Levert score, worth 7 million more a year than Richardson in that role? Like, I don't really uh, think so. Probably not this year, especially considering how he's played and yeah. his injury history. So, well, right with the injury um, history, and it's I don't know. Levert's not that. What is he? Twenty seven? Like he's is he even younger than Richardson? They're probably not that far off in age. And they're probably about the same age. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I mean, Basically I think basically half the price. Give me, give me Richardson. <laughs> Levert, I'm pretty sure is like an ISO shooter this year, and I think he's shooting like twenty six percent on threes. So. Yeah. So like, I mean, I and I like all these players individually and. If they're giving them away for peanuts, then I guess it's right. maybe. But I don't know. I mean, I, I'd take like a, I don't know, Jeremy Lamb. I don't know what he's worth, but kind of a, you know, long wing that can shoot. Right. Yeah, maybe um, TJ Warren. If TJ Warren's yeah. healthy. Yeah, I like, like I like TJ Warren. I mean, okay. um, I don't know what his what's his status. I mean, is I he like? I'm not exactly uh, sure. I haven't heard anything about him. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. I'd be interested in poaching kind of more of their like role-playing type of guys than any of the big, big names. Yeah. TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb. I mean, those but, seem like more gettable guys that you could get for like, you know, I don't know, a first or something or um, something mm-hmm. along those lines. Something that's not going to, you know, kill us down the road. I don't know what their contracts are like, but um, I assume it's not terrible. Um. So someone like that, like a wing, obviously you can't have enough wings. So one of those guys I'd be happy with. Um, yeah. But I like, again, I mean, as much as like we said, I think we've accepted that this probably isn't a title team this year, but like, I like the parts we've got. I like the roster we've got. I'm, I'm pretty good with it. Unless like a, a trade comes along that you can't pass up. I'm, I feel pretty good about the guys we've got. I think most of them are, our guys were invested in long-term and mm. I'm kind of cool with, with playing it out. We still got yeah. the flexibility options coming up if we want them. Like, I think, you know, keep rolling, keep rolling with what we got and let's see what happens. Let's see where we're at, make it through the end of this month. And then let's see where we're at by the end of like January. And hopefully we'll be starting to move up and, and get into the, the top of the East or near it. <laughs> well, Jeremy Lamb's a free agent at the end of the year, unrestricted and same with TJ Warren. So they're both, they're both probably pretty available considering I assume if they're blowing it up, they don't want to resign these guys, but yeah. Uh, so if it's like a, maybe it's going to be like a, uh, uh, Fournier situation where there's looking at yeah. dump salary or, I mean, not dump salary, but just like get something. In get return. off a guy. Yeah. Yeah. That, if, yeah a right. couple seconds or whatever. Exactly. And that's again, like if we're looking good at the end of January and it's worth investing, 
by all means, let's do it. But if it's just to bring in some guy like that to take minutes away from Romeo or Neesmith, like what's the point for a minor upgrade? I don't see it, but all right. I think that's pretty much it. You got anything else for for now? That's all I got. Cool. Well, good stuff. Chuddy heads. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Again, we'll try to be back a little quicker. We'll see if we can fit in maybe one more pod before Christmas, or at least during that Christmas break, we'll be sure to bring you something before the end of the new year. Thanks for joining us as always. Peace out. Go Celtics. Pick up the work for Spray the park and have my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all goners. Tank cursive on the jets. He was going to Sean John. They were sleeping on the guards and it dawned on.